welcome to and unimaginable life. Okay, welcome to and unimaginable life. <laughs> what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> Let's talk about ghost busting. The Savannah ghost busting adventure. Yes. Okay. Shall I start? Sure. All right. So a while back, we found ourselves in Savannah having a lovely time. The first thing that comes to my mind is that after walking around for a bit, we saw a house. Yes. Well, the first before that, you we were walking around looking at the beautiful architecture. We're both into houses, and Savannah is a great place for this. They have yeah. a lot of historic houses in the historic district downtown. And we're just, you know, fascinated by all the houses and we're on some square. And then you said, I'm drawn to this house. Remember that house? The first one. Yeah. Yeah. And what did it feel like? It felt like family lived there. It felt like home in a way, like a a place that I would know. So right. if I said it feels like a family or family. Yes. Yeah. So you, you said, I have this feeling of family and I look it up and I find which house it is. <laughs> Do you remember the name of the house? Levy House. And why is that interesting? Was my family name. <laughs> <laughs> so of course. I about <laughs> fell over. That was great. Yeah. I'm not surprised at these things anymore. You know, I expected it to be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever. It always surprises me. All right. And so we continue walking around and we come to Calhoun Square. And we both see this one house at the same time. Yeah. And it's not a style of home that I would typically like. It was salmon in color and concrete block. It, it was it was interesting. Stucco block. And I, after looking at all of these houses in Savannah, said that right there wins the award of the weekend. That's the most beautiful house I have ever seen. Yeah, and it wasn't concrete block. It was well, stucco, yeah, stucco over brick. Over brick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And all the houses on that square were interesting. And there was a really beautiful church there. But we both agreed this is our favorite house so far. And it was funny because we never liked salmon as a house color. No. Yeah. And no. it <clears throat> turns out that that house had actually won an award for renovation recently. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know I that. I read about that. Okay. Um, an architectural digest award. Okay. And so it was really spectacular. We were even making fun of the other houses in the area going, Oh my God, you buy this really nice, beautiful house and you have to look at this house. It's so much better than your house. And all of them are spectacular, <laughs> especially on these squares. Yeah. But we did, we were making fun. Wouldn't well, that be awful? You move into this house and you have to look at this beautiful house. And I was also just laughing at myself. Why am I in love with this salmon house? Right. All right, so that's that. Uh, then we have fun that day, and then at nighttime, around I guess nine o'clock or so, we find ourselves sitting on a bench at the end of Forsyth Square Park, and you get this feeling, feeling of really just walk, go over there. I can. It's a, it's an energy sense, sort of like an area in the distance heats up or waves of energy come up from it and i just get pulled let's go over there something's over there yeah you're pointing a little bit to the right like at two o'clock but you said no but we have to go around this way but this there. is the direction we have to walk around here and it was the opposite way 
in a sense and you don't argue typically you just said okay yeah so it was to the left it was like 10 o'clock so we walk around and then we come back on this sun square we didn't have any idea where we were but we see all these ghost tours there were three ghost tours going on right and savannah is famous for haunted houses right and you know this i knew so when i saw the groups immediately i thought oh the ghost tours right the ghost tours are out and i noticed that with this one ghost tour we were walking up to, there were some people in costume, Confederate uniform and antebellum sort of wear, a couple of other things that didn't look like they fit that time period, but still. And I thought that's cute. They take people dressed up in the garb of the era and take them around. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and <laughs> this is my most common. <laughs> what the hell are you talking yeah. about and the the guy in the that civil war uniform and as i'm describing it i realize that they are glitchy they're they look completely real they don't look like a hologram it's not that but then they glitch out like a tv that's not getting a good signal and i went oh no i've never seen anything like that before i seeing that with my physical eyes because we were walking yeah, so immediately we knew it was what? Ghosts of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Why am I seeing this? So there's one ghost tour of about 20 people, and they're listening to the tour guide talk about this one house. So they're right in front of this one house. Then there's a square, and there's another ghost tour in the square. And you said, let's see if we can walk through the ghosts. Right. I could see them, a few of them, just gathered around watching the ghost tour as well which sounds ridiculous and it looked ridiculous once i realized what was happening yeah like they were listening they were listening to the tour guide right they were standing just around the crowd and in the crowd just watching and so i said let's see what happens if i walk through them and (laughs) i think you hesitated wait what (laughs) What, what are we gonna do (laughs) so i just took off ahead of you and just sort of held my breath and walked through it. And I really didn't, it wasn't that I felt something, but I got very flushed. And then I felt pressure, like an elephant was starting to sit on me. And so I sat down on a bench in the middle of the square. And I felt nothing at all. Right. Yeah. And I said, you can't feel that. And we have a video and you can see in the video my face is red. I'm pouring sweat off of me because it was, I was just flushed. I was getting warmer and warmer. And I said, I, it's not that I can't breathe, but I just feel this weird pressure all over me, like a blanket, a heavy blanket, just pushing me down everywhere. And so we just sat. And I think at that time I said, I think I might have, I have a number and so I told you the number and you said, is that a company? Like maybe a regimen? regimen? Yeah. 432. 432. 432. 432. 432. And you have to remember that it's dark and we don't know the city really at all. And there are square after square. We didn't know where we were sitting and it was dark out. Yeah. And 432. And you got up and you said, let me go look and see if there's a sign in this square. There are lots of plaques and signs and maybe the number 432 will be here. So you got up and walked away and I sat on the bench. 
Yeah, well, I walked to the uh, to the east, and then I saw our salmon house. And I'm like, oh shit! And so I walked close to this house, and guess what the house number is? Four three two. You're gonna scare people. Four three two Abercorn. <laughs> so right, we had not been close enough to the house in the daytime to even see a house number. So it didn't hit me. As and then I started walking up, you were waving to me and I walked up and you said, guess what this house number is? And I, I knew when you said it, I said, oh my God, yeah. it's four, that's 432. So this is a three-story house where the first, what well, you walk up a flight of stairs from the street to the main level of the house. And then there's a upstairs from there. And of course there's a downstairs as well that can be accessed. But in the front of the house that you see from the street, is this you know stuccoed staircase and then in that staircase is this round like a vent it looks vent, like. yeah with wood slats in there mm-hmm. so immediately you saw ghosts upstairs upstairs the okay i i did and what i saw was had color to it looked real ish but then it was glitchy too they were in and out and in and out so i i knew then it wasn't solid physical things that i was really seeing but the it was people it was all people how many i'm gonna say 13 just for round number right just around 13 there were a lot and they appeared to be dressed it looked like a costume party because everyone was dressed and it looked like some people were dressed from the 70s, maybe 60s, 70s. There was somebody that seemed to be dressed maybe more like the 20s in, in golf wear, at a vest and oh. argyle socks. And while they were all moving in and out of these glass doors onto this deck that I could see upstairs, and there was no one downstairs, though. There was no one coming in and out around that pool downstairs. Well, we, really. there's a fence around it. So we, I don't think we saw them. Oh, we like, saw something. Maybe there's a, a yeah, um, rather engaged gate. Thing, yeah. Right. There wasn't anything down there. Yeah. And yeah, that pool was a fountain. Right. And so I, I, which was weird. All this activity was just on this deck and in and out. And I realized that none of them were interacting in groups. There were those that I could tell were together, and they seemed to be aware of each other, but then they were just passing through and by and not acknowledging it was if each little group or each individual person was in their own world and completely unaware of anything around them. But did it look like a party? Were they drinking and stuff? Some, yeah, it it had a sense of that to me. It seems like there were people holding things in their hands and holding what would be cups or something but i couldn't really see cups uh-huh. it wasn't like i saw champagne glasses right. i mean partly the distance maybe but that specific detail just was it was so overwhelming to see what i saw and see the color and know that it wasn't actually physical and it would glitch and but I, the the main thing that i noticed is just that if you see a party, there's a look to it. And I didn't know that really, but people are all aware. And you can tell when someone's moving about that they're aware that there's 10 people around them and where those people are in their space. Yeah. But 
it was clear that they they were moving around and had no idea. They would just look straight ahead and walk. There was no acknowledgement of someone else being there unless they were specifically interacting with them. And then as they did, they just moved the two of them or the three of them, but with no, there was no sense about it. There was no rhyme or reason to the way they were moving. And could you hear anything from them? Not really. No, I think I heard sound, but there was a lot going on. There was rain, a little bit of rain and wind. And so sound was not, I didn't hear music. Sound wasn't something that really came from it. It was more visual than anything. Yeah. And then what happened? Well, because we realized fourth is that's, that's the house my attention just went to the house. And I think at that point I walked across the street and up to the stairs of this home and it belongs to someone, someone's living there. So I was very uncomfortable at first, right. To walk up there, but I stood by the front stairs and realized at first, what I thought I was hearing was like the pool equipment. And I think I said, I think the pool equipment's under here or something under these concrete behind this concrete wall Uh and it wasn't long before i could hear what sounded like a man's voice i heard children laughing under there as well but or at least it seemed like it was coming from under there but that wasn't it and then i heard this man's voice yeah Yeah. and so i looked it up and found out that that was the uh, Benjamin Wilson house is the most haunted house in Savannah. It's very famous. One of the most haunted houses in the, the country. Um, yeah. So you saw, heard a man's voice and what was he saying? What was the first thing he said? I believe it was. Um, wow. I, re- I remember the loop. Um, I can't remember what he said exactly, but what he was what he was talking about was I believed like a little girl or a kid at first. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You were but he, he was wasn't like, acknowledging me. You said he was like going on and on and saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, and, uh, is that the first pretty, thing? Yeah. Maybe that was later. No, it, maybe it was just the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. I think that maybe was the first thing that he said. I felt like that was later, but I think later was when he said, when he was saying that he didn't do that. Yeah. Right. So, so I think it was, I'm sorry was first. Yeah. So I'm Googling the house, reading about the rumors of the house and that it was built by Benjamin Wilson, who is prominent. He was in the, uh, in the civil war. And he had built this house for his wife, Catherine. They moved in. And a few weeks later, she died of yellow fever or something. And he went into, you know, great depression and couldn't manage. They had apparently six kids. Two of them were daughters. And there was a school called the Massey School on that square, which was the first public school in Savannah. And it was built for the poor children of Savannah. So there was some um, African-American kids and poor white kids. And one of the daughters would go and play at the school 
This is after the mother's death. And so he's trying to manage these six kids by himself. And apparently he's like, you can't go playing with those kids because they're not from our class. And, you know, you can't be seen over there. And she keeps going over there. So to punish her, he locks her in a room and ties her to a chair, which is looking out a window at the school. And then there was this heat wave. I mean, it was hot when we were there, but there was Savannah gets really hot summer. The heat wave. And he checked on her a couple of days later and she had died. Right. Right. And so this is what he was apparently what he was sorry about. Right. But then he told me that's not what happened. Well, there's a whole thing because then I started talking to him and I'm like, Ben, can you hear me? Benjamin, can you hear me? And what did he say? He said, James, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> and I, we knew that, was it James Levy? It was like, we knew that by reading some stuff that he was friends with the Levy who was in that Levy house. They right. were friends too, which is funny because you got, we went there first. But um, so uh, we were able to talk to him. I couldn't hear him, but you could hear his response to me. And then we started asking him, what do you think about the improvements to the house? And do you like how it is? We're totally assuming that he's w- fully aware that it's 2023. Right. And he said, what changes? Yeah. Why would anyone change the house? The house is new. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just totally said, so you, you don't, the house doesn't look any different. And is there anyone there? And the interesting thing about it, something that was unexpected to me was that it was like talking to someone who is is not fully consciously aware or someone that has some kind of mental issue where they just keep repeating the same thing. And while I believe he responded to me and he could hear you and he would occasionally, there would be a response for the most part, he just would repeat the same things. But he over did. And over. Yeah, but you did get him out of that loop and he did explain Mm-hmm. And his explanation to us was that he didn't mind if she went to the school, but that she was, you know, he did say that, I guess, but she said, you know, he, like a teenager, don't tell me what to do. And then she locked herself in the room and wouldn't come out. Wouldn't he come kept out. knocking and knocking and knocking. And she refused to open the door and he couldn't get in, couldn't get him, get her, you know, meals and water and stuff. And then she died. And she died. But he so. never tied her to a chair and never punished, even punished her. No, was... he did care. He did not want her there. Yeah. And, right. and that was an argument. And I believe that he said, you can't, but she, rather than speak to him, you don't understand me. That sort of thing was what I got the sense of. And it was around that time that he said, we were saying, why are you here? So I was asking, why, why did you stay? Why, why didn't you go? And he said, because she won't come with me, right? She won't come. She won't come. And he's talking about, and we said, who won't come? And he said, Kitty. Right. And Kitty, we realized was his nickname for Catherine, his wife. So Catherine was there too. Yeah. But could you hear Catherine? I I heard Catherine, but all that Catherine, and I don't think I ever heard her say anything except um, I can't, I can't go without her. Right. I know she's here. I can't go without her. We have to find her. We have to find her. We have to find her. So he's looking not leaving for her. the daughter. The daughter. Which is interesting because, you know, from our timeline, the daughter died after she died. So it's an interesting thing. And, you know, and you heard kids. I heard laughing kids. Laughing in there, right? Um, so 
so we're so it's funny because the in that instance the ghost tour is talking about this house as we're standing there and we can see them but they're across the street yeah right so they wouldn't cross the street for some reason to talk to them or to go over but a few people from the ghost tour were coming over and we're leaning on this wall right next to this circle with wood grates and i'm like hey you want to hear ghosts we can hear the ghosts in here you want to hear like no no it wouldn't come close to us (laughs) so it was sort of funny because i don't know why we didn't have any fear of ghosts i mean normally i would have but for some reason no when you sort of understand you know we got pretty clear picture that it's not the way we think they're they're not really aware of other people they're stuck in a loop Mm -hmm. and there's something else going on so um, what was funny, though, is while we're there, the owners of the house came home and there were two older adults and like four between teenage to young 20s. And uh, so the, the man and the four kids walk in through that gate to the first floor and the woman's just standing there, you know, and I'm like really tempted, you know, I'm, I'm saying hi to them and catching their eyes and really tempted to just ask them about the ghost and and talk to them about it but uh they were so hardened to all this commotion they had just bought the house a few years ago and they had renovated it um but the woman's just standing there while the rest of the family was in and i don't know why she's like looking at us and you had left your water, water cup on her stairs you weren't even paying attention you didn't even see her but you went back and you got your water cup and you're still thinking and as you did, then she stopped upstairs. She was not happy. <laughs> right. I, which I understand. I think the reason they keep the ghost tours in the square is because that's public. And well, so is the side. sidewalk is too. But they just, yeah, they don't just, get up in the houses. We were all up in the house, leaning up against the wall. <laughs> I was. But at that point, I was captivated by what I was hearing and what was happening. And it was, for me, audible. It was a physical, I was seeing and hearing with my physical eyes and ears. And that is not something that is typical for me. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, um, so we're getting ready to go and we'll walk away and I'm going, you know what? I wonder if, if he could, you know, see the light and move towards the light, just this inspiration that came to me. And so we joked about it and then went home, but on the way home to do, we ask uh, your inner self seraphim. What was going on there? Did we ask any questions? I don't know if we did then, but we had a coaching call and someone on the coaching call said, you guys should go back and see if you can get them to go toward the light. Yeah. And I said, whoa, that's exactly what Gary said yesterday. So then it became, I think that's when it became, let's go back. Let's go back and see if we can get them to go to the light. Now it becomes a mission. Right. 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 Okay. So to do this mission... How you needed some items. Right. Um, I did. And so we we thought we would go right metaphysical store. Yeah, what'd you need? Um, I can't remember you now. Needed Was sage. It a sage and a feather. And a feather and crystal. A crystal of some sort. Yeah, there was yeah. a crystal I needed to get. Yeah. I don't know. So we went there. To, yeah. To, we had well, to find well, that was a funny story too. Right. So we're we're driving and and uh White Light has says, you know. Don't get used to your GPS. GPS. See if you can, and this is not just to us, this is everyone. You know, you don't don't turn on your GPS when you're going to places you know how to get to, mm-hmm. right? You are 
you're not you're weakening your intuitive muscle when you do that. Right. So to strengthen the intuitive muscle, we don't use GPS. So we're right. saying, all right, well, let's go to a metaphysical store. Where is one? And they go, it's think one's over here. Right. And so we just start driving and we get there and we pull up and it it was, but it was closed. Well, here's right? the thing. We 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 pull up and go, it should be over here, but there's just this vacant storefront. And we say, okay, well, let's just drive around. And we drive around and they go, no, no, it was definitely back there. So we come right back in front of it. And we're looking at this vacant storefront and it was like, oh, it was previously a metaphysical <laughs> store and had been closed. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Okay. So then we find another one and we go downtown and now it's around five o'clock or six o'clock or something. And this place was right downtown on that main street. And we go upstairs and we're greeted by a guy who says, are you here for the medium reading? Right. Right. And we said, no. And so we just go in the store and we pick up our stuff. Yeah. And then, then the medium comes out and he's like to me, oh, this guy's got tons of energy. He said, you've got great energy. I can read your energy. He said, your, your energy was amazing. Yeah. And, and then he just looked past me. Like, <laughs> well, like you are not there. Which is which is not does not normally happen. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. Um, so I just had the inspiration because they were offering a couple's meditation uh medium reading. And so I booked it for us, but it was the next one was until like eight o'clock. Right. So we left and went. Oh, but what else did you buy there that was interesting? Oh, a little crystal ball. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So we go back and we drive through to get food. Yeah, but and then when they were in the drive, you you said there's there. Well, I could see angels in the back seat of the car. I know what they look like at least to me now, and so I could see them in all their variety of colors in the back seat. And so I just said, "Wow!" Felt like a clown car. There was yeah. a lot of them, and I said, "How many of you are there?" And I got the answer twenty one. So I just quietly <laughs> leaned to you and said, "Hey." There's 21 angels in the backseat of the car. <laughs> so it felt like as this was happening, things were lining up in a way that let me know there was something, I won't say use the word important because whenever I use that word, white light sort of flicks me, right? Not really important, but there was something fun. There was something planned here and we were on the right track to do something. So it just felt like that. And it started pouring and we considered not going when we got well, back. We go know. get back, we have dinner, and then we're like we play with the crystal ball. Yeah, because we have some time to kill before yeah. we read. And so I pulled about nine visions out of the crystal ball and said them out loud, and we had no idea what any of them meant, really. Well, to you, it was like watching a movie without sound. And so the first thing you can say, okay, um, here I see this white horse with a white rider on it. And then now there's this pool, like a- A lake or a pool of a yeah, hotel a or hotel. something. And then there's this girl coming out of the pool naked. And yeah. that caught my interest. So it it did. That. Of course it did. Right. And But she would you know, turn, pull herself up out of the pool. But it was never come out of the pool. Right? No. Just, just pushing herself up from the side. The side. And then I saw a black horse and a black rider and moving around. And I saw a little kid by a window- um, there were eight, nine, yeah, 10 things. A young know. guy with a pole. Right, right. A staff, a big a staff, staff. Right. And 
a goatee. It was very interesting. It was all all sorts of things that yeah, I but, saw. And they were moving around and looking at each other and looking in one direction together, mm-hmm. but not really saying anything. And so we had no, no context. Whatsoever. No, the little girl, uh, it was sort of looked like she was sitting on a bed with a window behind her. Then the horses were circling the black horse with the black rider and the white, they were circling her. So I, and you kept saying, what does this mean? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea what it means. I don't know if it, what it's for. Yeah. So, yeah. so then time comes and we go back to the spiritual store and get ready for our meeting. And so we asked Seraphim if this medium is any good. Right. That's right. So why don't you ask her if this guy is a real psychic and very clearly, yes, he is. He's aware of his gift. He's very good. He will be able to clearly read Gary. He will not be able to read you at all. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay, but I, so I bucked that trend. So very quietly as we were walking in, I was just clearing myself and setting an intention. This psychic can see anything he wants to see. I want to be transparent. I'm excited to hear him pull things out that no one else has been able to read from me. I want him to read me. This will be going to be fun. So I was intending that. We walked in and as we walked in, I don't know if you remember, I said, do you hear that music? Mm. And I said, that is a song that I've played for a long time while I do my daily spiritual practice, or if I'm feeling stressed out, or if I want to write anything, there's this one particular song that I play. And it's called The Dance of Life. And I played it on some background of our meditations. And that was what was playing as we walked in the door of this metaphysical shop for was our it reading. playing just in your head? or No, it was, it was on the, as we walked into that lobby, uh-huh. That was playing. You don't remember? I said, do you hear that music? I said, that's a song I hear. I love to play. I love it. It's called The Dance of Life. And so that was a key. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had two kittens. Oh, the, there. there were kittens there, right? That's right. So we're waiting around. And then, you know, finally the door opens and these two women walk out, mm-hmm. having just finished their medium session with him. And he comes out. And then what happened? We walked into the room. No. Oh, I don't know. You the know, room was full of their. That's what I'm saying. People. We walked in <laughs> and as soon as I sat down, I went, oh, no, 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 no. Because here they come, right? They're going to start talking to me. Nope, nope, nope. And so the psychic guy, I can't remember his name, but he came walking back and he sat down and he said, oh, no. And he lit a candle. He said, they're all still here. They're hovering around. I have to clear them out. And, and I was laughing like, no, sh- no kidding. <laughs> they are right here because they're bothering me. <laughs> no, no, they don't bother me, but they were talking. Yeah. So, so if you think medium session, you're going to be talking to dead people, mm-hmm. right? That's right. what I was expecting. Right. So he says, all right, well, normally he says, okay, well, I always do it the lady first. And you know, and then he looks at you and he goes, hmm, all right, I guess we're not going to do that way I normally do it. He goes, we're going to go with the gentleman first. <laughs> it was so weird. It was very awkward. He was, he was taken aback. Yeah, it was very awkward. And I thought, no, come on. So he pulled um, tarot cards. He, he Well, that's the thing. I mean, the tarot card, well, I'm, you know, what kind of medium session is the tarot card? Right. right? I, that's yeah, not medium, right? I, I certainly don't use them. Oh. But um, yeah, so he pulled tarot cards. And, and this has happened since, too, that this is so interesting with the crystal ball. But he laid out nine cards he he just said your nine cards and so he laid them out and every one that he flipped over well, was what we you saw now you, you what happened was he laid out these cards and the first one was 
black horse, black rider, mm-hmm. girl in the pool, right. pushing herself up against the edge, white horse, white rider, small child. By a window. By a window. And then young guy playing with the staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and we're it was, watching this turn over like, holy shit. Holy crap. And it was, he turned nine cards and nine cards were exactly what we saw in this crystal ball. Right. Now that's happened since now, but yeah. at the time that was incredible. Yeah. That's the first experience we've had like that. Yeah. I well, of that of tarot cards. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was amazing. So that was enough for me. I was ready to go. At well, that point. he asked, you know, he said a bunch of stuff about me that was relatively accurate. Mm. It was nothing like what you do at all, but it was, you know, it was okay. Uh, but one of the things he said, well, what is the question that you want to ask about the session? And I said, well, the thing we're going to do tonight, you know, is, is what, you know, what, I don't know if I asked, should we do it? Or sh-? And then he said, run like hell was the first thing he said. Yes. Don't. Yeah. Run away. We have a plans tonight and I'm wondering if it's in our best interest to do it or something. And he said, no, run like hell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and then he did you and he really couldn't get anything. No, he, he like, didn't. Yeah. Not really. He, he spent over the hour, 45 minutes with me. Yeah. And then goes to you and he's like, he was like perplexed. He couldn't get anything. It was so funny. And I was just sending things. Please come on. Come on. It was very interesting. Yeah, I was disappointed. But but it was fun. I, I had enough with the tarot cards coming. So that was really cool. Oh, did I tell you about my reality show I thought of? No. Is that we take you to go see psychics and you give them a psychic reading. Yeah, you, you know? did tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'd be like, uh, like a candid camera, like a hidden camera. Right. Oh, man. Well, he had a spirit guide, that psychic, that he called a name. And that was really cool because I could sense the spirit guide. And when he would speak to the spirit guide, I was getting the answers that then the guy would repeat. And that was really fun for me, too, because he would say something and I would get exactly what the spirit guide was saying. And then... The psychic yeah. would repeat it, would say it out loud to us. You hadn't heard it, but I had just heard it from the spirit guide. And that was, that happened three or four times. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Like he was trying to connect and listen to the spirit guide, which he had since he was a kid. Yeah. He was telling us all about that. That was cool. Um, But did that spirit guide realize who you were or that you could hear him as well? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there was acknowledgement uh-huh. in it. Sure. Like, right. like a smirk. Yeah. Well, acknowledgement in the sense of here's what I don't know. Yes. Recognizing that I could hear them, but I feel like they, they think everyone can hear. They know that that's not true, but it's, it's almost like, well, I'm listening. The acknowledgement is more, oh, you're, you're paying attention where it's not that I can hear. And I have some special ability to hear them. The acknowledgement feels like, oh, you're, you're a student paying attention in class. The other kids are all passing notes to each other. Uh-huh. That's what it feels like. Oh, you're just paying attention. Oh, good. You're paying attention. Oh, cool. well, it would have been interesting if you had talked to the spirit guide. Right. That would have blew the spirit guide's mind. It would have. And it, well, it were the psychic. Or the had, psychic. Which, which, you know, would have been interesting, but I have a, I guess I just have a thing there that they didn't feel, it would have been funny or fun maybe, but it felt like it would have, it would have not served a purpose and it would have been like showing off or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, yeah. that's how you feel. Yeah. But I mean, 
I mean, I think if I was a psychic who no one else has ever seen my spirit guide, I've had my whole life, and here you come and you see the spirit guide and can converse with the spirit guide, it would be such great validation to him because all of us always think we're making it up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you have any psychic ability at all, the biggest stumbling block is, oh, I'm just making this up. Oh, yeah. It is. It still happens to me. There's a, oh, there's no way that that can't be right. I yeah. made that up. I'm yeah. guessing. I mean, so that's why I, I thought it would be fun because in the case like that, where he had this one guy that he has since a kid, he in the back of his mind, he might think he's just crazy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he might. You know, so yeah. validation would be cool. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, then we told him what we were going to do. Yeah. And we told him who you were and who I was. And, and uh, he was not really believing us. I don't think you, I really don't. I don't think he was believing us at all. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't think it was at all. In fact, he asked me to send him, you know, what happened and stuff like that. And I did. I never heard back from him again. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's really good. That's funny. Okay. All right. So I don't know where we were. Okay. So but now we leave that place. Leave that place and it's pouring. We go back to where we're staying and to we get umbrellas. To get umbrellas. And we're like, okay, we are going to do this. And, and we like, did question. Right. We're like, mm, should we do this? And then we ask Seraphim and she goes, you don't have to. All right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't. If you want to, if you want us to come to fear, go ahead. Go ahead, right? So, all right, damn. Yeah. So, we. I was pretty. I was pretty fifty-fifty. I could have not gone. Right. Yeah. I know. And I, I actually wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. I was, no, we got to go. And I was just knowing we had to push past fear. But. Yeah, I had a feeling like, and I know this isn't true, but I had a feeling like there was somebody, like you know about somebody that's trapped in a well. And you're getting your supplies. You're going to go get them out. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. No, I have to go now. I'm not going to be able to sleep if I don't go. Sure. Now, why? I've been alive for 57 years and these ghosts have been there that entire time. And I've never thought a thing about it. And now all of a sudden I got to go see if I can talk to them and get them to follow the light. I don't, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But Tammy sent a little incantation. I, had a few things that I had channeled and written down and put in my phone. And then Tammy sent something with the archangels. That was really cool to speak. Okay. So now we get in the car, we head over there. The angels are all in the back seat. Mm-hmm. 21 of them. 21. We pull up to the house. It's pouring rain, but the ghost tours are all out there still with umbrellas. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But no people walk in the street. Normally it was sort of, except for the ghost tours, it was desolate and, right. and, and uh, what a scene, you know, dark, rain, thunder, thunder, 11 yeah. o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. It was thunder <laughs> and lightning, and it was pouring. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Oh, my so God. So we pull up in front of, the, front of the place, and then we start doing these incantations. Yeah. That was the weird part for me. It was, you know, but you did great. I was, um, I, I was very uncomfortable, too. But I have the angels in the back, and I have... Seraphim that I'm talking to and and I just kept saying why do I it's such an inspiration why do I feel like I have to do this I have to do it so it was just pull up your phone read the words your friend sent so I read and somehow I just said you have to repeat this right and so we repeated things together you were great you were you I could tell you like but you went you got right in it and at one point we said the name of an archangel three times I think it was Raziel I don't remember, but, um, Raziel, Raziel, Raziel. And I saw an explosion flash of light from inside our car and outside. There was like a transformer blue and 
did you see it? Mm-mm. You didn't see it. Okay. Cause I, I think I said, did you see that? And when that happened, I said, okay, right. This is cool. And let's go. And we jumped out of the car and went to the corner across the street. Right. And the angels that were in the car, I look up and they're with me, but they've separated into three groups of seven. There's one off above to your left ones surrounding me, a little group of seven right by me, and then another group of seven right behind you. And hmm. Oh, I just reminded me of something that the psychic said. He said, when you guys are together, um, you, you should be in this position when you're standing next to each other for the most powerful position. Communication with right. each other. And so, you know, if it's, if you're, I'm on the left, you're on the right. You know, I'm right. left-handed, you're right-handed. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. I probably shouldn't yeah. say right. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, you always have to be on my left and yeah. I am supposed to be on your right, right. for the best, clearest communication for us yeah. to understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And that's the way we stood outside said. under our umbrellas. Yeah. And I believe we stood there and I just said, start speaking. You right. started talking. I said, you need to talk. And you started singing. And I started singing. Yeah. Right. And so I'm singing this light language and it was instantaneous, which usually I have to kind of get into that spot and speak the light language for a bit, let it come out. And then I'll sing. Not in this instance. I just started singing and you started talking. Yeah. I said, I said um, Benjamin, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And you and nodded. They go, Benjamin scary from yesterday. And he didn't really recall it, but I said, look around, look around where you are now. Can you see a light? And he said, yes, I can see it. I said, okay, go to the light. And he's like, I'm not leaving Kitty. And I said, grab Kitty's hand and walk towards the light. And I said, that is your way home. This is the way home. And you can both go together. Just keep walking towards light. And I don't know. You know, I'm not, you said, you said their daughter. You said she's she's there waiting for oh, you. Yeah, she's not right. in the house. Tell Kitty the daughter is on the other side of the light. Right. Her daughter's she's there, and you had her name, I think, and you were saying her name. I don't think I had her name because I've looked for it. Recently. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's when I heard the the group of angels behind you start to speak exactly the words you were speaking because you repeated yourself over and over again. Yeah. Benjamin, can you hear me? Benjamin, can you can you see the light? And you because the response, I was shaking my head no. No. And you'd say it again. Say, there we go. Now, now, I, okay. You've got him. You've got his attention. And the the group of angels behind you were speaking in unison with you. And I couldn't tell if they were giving you the words to say, or you were following their words. I could hear them because it sounded like perfect unison, but they were all speaking. So it, it was crazy actually. And then I realized they were singing with me, which I do hear them a lot. Right. So me. then there were seven angels singing with you mm-hmm. and then seven angels doing what? Silent. Just watching. They were completely silent. Everyone's watching the house. They were just over. I can't tell what they're looking at. Uh, right. It's just energy. Uh, and they were just over things and no ha- halos. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I never see that. Um, and they were just there, but they were completely silent silence. Like, um, you could hear them. So when I'm talking, they're talking. What do they sound no, like? No, yours behind you. Yeah. It's it is it's indescribable. It's velvet and beautifully toned, and it's makes me want to go to sleep and gives me energy at the same time. It's incredible the sound. 
as that. they're saying the words that I'm saying. Exactly the words that you're saying. In like a harmony of seven voices. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly in unison with you. Uh-huh. So it sounded like you were all reading from a script that you had rehearsed over and over and over again. The timing was just too perfect. Wow. I, it was so weird. And they were singing with me, which they do. I hear that a lot yeah. when I sing. So that was fine. But the other ones were just silent. And while we were talking, it was just, they were just still. So I, I don't really know. It was like, they were the cleanup crew in a way, right? They were just there waiting, holding a space for it. Focus. I don't know what they were doing. So we're sitting here in the rain, staring at a house, ghost tours going on. People watching people us. People watching us. We should have had a film crew. That would have been great. It would have been hilarious. Um, and then I had imagined this might go on for half an hour, 45 minutes or something. But we were there for about how long? Do we about know? 10 minutes. Right. And then you could see that Benjamin was walking towards the light, holding Kitty's hand. Kitty was looking the opposite way, but looking the other way, walking with him. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Then suddenly all the sound stopped and I felt just a rush. I don't know that I physically felt it, but I think so. Like maybe what would be a rush of wind, but it had no temperature. It just went by in something like that would go by in my periphery. Just, and it was a flash and I looked up and there was no more sound, no more angels. They were gone. Everyone was gone and it was just silent. I yeah. couldn't hear anything. I couldn't see anything else. It was just over. And Benjamin and Kitty were gone. They were gone. So they, they like rushed in the house and carried them over. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know. It was just, I said, wait, stop. And so you stopped. I said, it's. They're gone. Everyone's gone. The angels are gone. You said Benjamin Kalyan. I, I don't hear them anymore. They're they're gone. I can't. I don't get a sense of anything. And then I said, "Was that light on when we got here? Remember, there was a light on, and I don't think that light was on when we got here, and in one of the upstairs rooms. But that didn't matter. I mean, it was just that was weird because it just looked different. But I never saw it come on, and all of a sudden it was on. Yeah. Um. And I was looking right at it, so yep. that was weird. And I said, okay, job's done. Let's go job's back. Done. Yeah, we just got in the car and left. And I was ready to get out of there. Yeah, right. Well, and one of the interesting thing was I felt like, well, first of all, all we've done is ruin Savannah's tourist trade here because we sent ghosts home. And then, so we asked Seraphim what had happened. And it was so profound that it's really stuck with me. And it was that some of the fear that that fear in itself can in essence create an entity or becomes an entity in a way and there is an element of consciousness although not in the way i didn't really understand it honestly <clears throat> but that is this bit that's just stuck and it's it's fear and it's because there's no space and because there's no time and this fear is there that that was this very low baseline fear of every mother who has ever been searching for a lost child and for every person who had ever done something that shocked and surprised them and they were disappointed in themselves um, or couldn't live with it, uh, but did lived with it every day, the, yeah, like the self-loathing and that of 
of having done something as he did in the war. He yeah. apparently did some horrific things in the war or had to. Felt like that he, he had felt to. like he just snapped mm-hmm. and did something horrific and then looked back and couldn't believe that he did that. Yeah, and he just had carried this horrible guilt and shame. And what Seraphim said was, by releasing them, um, there's no change to the environment of Savannah and the tourist trade of Savannah. But what we did was released a very baseline human fear and cleared it. And from the planet, from the planet, from the entire planet. And that was for all of the mothers who are searching for a lost child and for anyone who had done something where they snapped and then had to sit in prison or whatever for the rest of their lives, wondering why they did that. So it was worth it, I guess, at that point. It all made sense to me then. Yeah. Um, which there's a lot of things that happened after that. But one thing that was interesting is we came home after that, there was a big storm. Um, and our friend of ours had a couple of days later, a few days later, maybe the next weekend, gone out in a boat, broke her back, was in the hospital. And then her daughter, she hadn't seen in 20 years, 20 years, which she had no idea was still alive, came up to the hospital. Came this year. Right. Right. She'd been, she was one of those mothers was looking for the daughter. And it was really quick after that, that this happened. Hired private investigators, couldn't find her anywhere. Right. And then here she is showing up a week later. Yeah. Not long after we did this. So anyway, that's it. That's the unimaginable story, believe it or not. (laughs) Well, what do you, uh, how would you now compare what you thought ghosts were before to what you think ghosts are now? Um, well, much different. I actually really thought they were a whole, whole consciousness of some sort. They were a person who just didn't leave or couldn't leave. So that was scary to me. Yeah. Like they chose not to leave or or that you could get stuck or they got stuck and they couldn't get out, get out. So between the explanation of white light, when I asked what ghosts were, I was seeing ghosts of cats, um, in, in Savannah and white light said, ghosts are memories. And so I understand that thoughts can hang in a room, things like that. And so memory in the form of a a thought of someone can stay in a space and I can see it. So that helped. And then this explanation of just this little part of consciousness, something that that still needs to work out something, it, it just gets stuck and it's it's not felt, it's not known by that consciousness that moves on but there's just this little part and it's a fear that really becomes its own entity and it just is this loop yeah well that entity isn't haunting anything no it's just trapped in a loop unaware that time has moved on unaware that they're not dead right or, or that, that they are dead that they are right. dead unaware that they're dead um can't interact with anything at least these two couldn't um yet for decades, these two, well, they never said, never, no one ever knew Kitty was there. Only Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You mean in the, um, yeah. She wasn't one of the ghosts in the information. It him. Oh, it's funny. Well, right. He's there. <laughs> now, <laughs> he was there. So here's the rumor that I told you the rumor of them, but also there was in the 60s, there was a couple that was living in the house. They had two kids. They had friends come over. And there's a couple of different variations of this rumor, but they had another couple come to visit them with their two kids. And these 
four adults would go out drinking downtown Savannah in the 60s. And they would leave the kids alone. Yeah, 60s, safe. And they went out Friday night, they went out Saturday night, and then Sunday night they went out and they didn't come home till really late. And when they came home, three of the children had been murdered and the fourth one was just, you know, in shock, right? And that uh, they were maybe set up in a ritualistic way. And uh, and so those seem to be the ones that you saw in the 60s. But you also saw people that seemed to be like in the 20s in golf attire. So yes. I never found anything about that. Also that this house was built on a church and that square was where they buried the slaves. slaves. And oh, well, we forgot to talk about um, there's these very well-known um, like shadowy figures that run around that square. And before we even started anything, you saw this. Oh, one. that was, that for me was one of the more, believe it or not, very significant. We were walking around this square and we had, I think, realized the 432. Right. And and I think in the middle of the street. In the middle of the street. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, lit up by streetlights. Street lights. And the road was wet, so the road was glistening. Yeah. And you were about seven or eight feet in front of me walking. And I saw a shadow, and I it was a person, a shadow of a person, two legs, you know, two arms, upright, walking directly in front of Gary. But I could see my shadow, and I could see Gary's shadow. And I know the way the shadows would lay in that light. And this shadow was not that. And it was big and tall and just walked right in front of him. And I did gasp. I Did you see that? Because it didn't look like seeing a person. The other ones look, you know, real. This was a moving shadow. Yeah. And there was nothing to make it move. And I knew it. And I said, did you see that? Well, I don't, you just found out about the shadowy figures. That was not something you no. looked up for me. Just... We just kind of let that go. And that's hung with me. And it was just today you said, oh my God, in Calhoun Square, there are shadowy figures that walk around. I said, holy cow. Then we saw one. It was amazing. That was more significant than anything for me was that one. Yeah. Believe it or not. And then, um, well, you know, the reason people think it's a haunted house is because they've seen Benjamin around and they've seen the daughter in the window. Many people see it. And actually they've seen Benjamin's face on the house and stuff on the outside. Mm -hmm. But then the true story is, or some other story is that Benjamin moved to Colorado Springs and died there years later. We asked him about that. What did you think of Colorado? You know, why did you move to Colorado? He's like, what are you talking about? I've never been to Colorado in my life. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know what we were speaking of. So, yeah. okay, that's weird. I, you know, yeah, that was, it was all very strange. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that he had six kids and two daughters and the two daughters got married. And so as far as the papers or the records right. are, there's no. No. So he had, wait, he had six kids and three of them were girls. So no. The two older two, ones got married and the younger girls, one died. Two, two girls, four boys, no deaths of the children. Okay. So only one girl got married then because the no, little one died. Both girls got married. But there was only two girls. I get it. There's records of both of those girls getting married. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. What? Yeah. So we, okay. Right. That's weird. Yeah, so that's weird. Wow. Uh, okay, I didn't know that either. That's really so cool. of the kids being murdered, there's no police report of that or anything. In the sixties? Wow. Yeah. And that and no news story about it or anything. There's um Is that what have made the news? There's a couple things. One is that 
the kid grew up and then bought the house and left it vacant so no one would live in the house. Um, oh, the one kid that was left. Yeah. Out of the and floor. then there was this woman who did buy it and she was actually in the Carter administration was one of the first women in upper positions of government. And she bought the house, you know, and, uh, and never lived in it, never touched it, you know, and was Weird. married to a guy who had something to do with, I don't know, a lot of these rumors and stuff going around, but you know, to, to look that up, to actually talk to the ghosts for them to say kitty there's no kitty anywhere in it. It's Catherine, right? No, right. To mention the daughter, to tell the real story of it, which right. made so much more sense. It did make sense, you know? yeah. Um, to tell about how, you know, how, what a, you know, it, it, there was so much going on about that rumor, everywhere yeah. about that rumor. You know, the house, that, that Massey school was there and it was the first public school, you know, and it would would, would have been a school that the kid would have played at, but you know, that story made sense. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting. But anyways, so far less afraid of ghosts. But I always thought, you know, what would be the ramifications of doing this? We have no idea. Never heard of anyone else doing it. No. And so we come home and we almost stay an extra day, but we don't. And we come home and a tornado had just gone through this neighborhood. Right. Horrible. Knocked down tons of trees. Knocked right. a tree across the street onto a woman driving past and they couldn't see her car because it was full of this tree. She was fine, right? But she had to honk the horn for people to get her out and come back here, no power, no internet. It was crazy. I could feel the trembling of the house, which is the first time I ever started feeling energy that kind of energy right a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff happened right and then the, our friend the day after breaks that. her back right yeah. the day after and then the next week a friend breaks her back we i feel like we stirred something up right it and the energy is definitely with us in some way yeah. i don't understand a lot of that but i could tell we had we had turned some things up it yeah. wasn't coincidence the way everything fell after yeah. that it was very odd all right so as our unimaginable stories go yeah what do you think the over under is in believability of the story? Um, well, if 10 <laughs> is very believable and, and one is your lion making, totally making this up, uh-huh. the believability of this, I think is about a three. Well, this is exactly what happened. When we were there. Of course, uh, you know, we could have been crazy. We we could have imagined the whole thing. Imagine the whole thing. Yeah, but no, I just I, that's why I don't ever tell anybody. That's why you had to talk me into doing this podcast because I'm not telling anybody these stories. I know there's and this is one of the more believable of our stories. Is it? Oh <laughs> lord, that's probably true. Okay. There's so many stories we cannot tell too. <laughs> so, what do you think? Are we making this up? Or do you think we actually experienced it? Have you had experiences with ghosts? Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. And uh, I would love to know if you've had any experiences or if you think we're absolutely crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you like these kind of stories? We're doing this one right before Halloween. We thought that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have any unimaginable stories yourself, which we have found in this last year of just this concept of un- unimaginable life, that when we look back, there were a lot of unimaginable stories in our past that we sort of explained away and said, oh, that was a coincidence or there was some explanation for it. We look back now and go, Oh, that's pretty unimaginable too. So we'll tell those as well as yeah. time goes on, because I have a lot history with, you know, as a kid and with my family and daughter. Yeah. Lots. Um, so if you have an unimaginable story, 
put that in the commentary. You can send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. If you would like to get on this podcast live, um, we might be starting to do that. So send, you know, send me an email and I'll put you on a list. And if we ever do a live one, you can be there. We can do it on Zoom and you can watch us. If you'd like to have a reading with Christy, which is one of the most fascinating things, you can take a look at her. If you if you search Christy Levy on YouTube, you can take a look at some of her readings and see what those are like. Their spiritual readings are completely different than most psychics, and she's way, way ahead. <laughs> she's the most psychic person in the history of the world. The psychic phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you can go to her website at christylevy.com to say, uh, and then check it out. You can see them there. Oh, you also do coaching calls too. Do coaching and readings. Yeah. So you can find it all on my website and you yeah. can send an email to info at christylevy.com. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that'd be great. So until next time, thanks for checking us out. And if you would share this with your friends or leave a comment, leave a review, leave a thumbs up, all that great stuff. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.